Hey mamas, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Bilger, a wife, mom of two, mechanical engineer, VBAC mom, and doula, serving mamas through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. If you're here for this, if you're as pumped up as I am and searching for that fire that you know is deep inside of you, then let's go. Let's uncover what it truly means to enter motherhood. You are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hey mamas, in this episode, we are talking with Allison Caffrey about how we can take control of our maternity leave and be more intentional about the time that we're taking off, whether it be from work or just life, everything that goes into taking time off when we are healing in that postpartum period, we get into it. We specifically cover how she helps small business owners along this journey so that they can leave their company for a short period of time without having to shut down anything or feel guilty for leaving all in that process. And if you're not a business owner and you know, you're listening to this, it still has so much information in this episode. And it is such a good conversation because you can apply what we talk about here to help structure how your maternity leave is going to look and really get those gears moving of what that time period is going to look like. So stick around for the full episode. You are going to love it. And let's get this episode started. Well, hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm really excited to get this conversation started today, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Thanks, Sarah. I'm really excited to be on as well. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Allison Caffrey. I am the founder of Operations Agency and Master Maternity Leave. I have a systems background and I'm a total systems nerd. Um, I try to help business owners understand how systems can be sexy and do really sexy things in their life, even though it's not a fun conversation usually to have. Um, But more recently, I've been using that background and the way I've helped business owners for the last five years to help mompreneurs structure their business to take maternity leave as their family grows. I'm super passionate about helping moms feel like they have access to a maternity leave that feels really good to them and not feel so tethered to their business when they welcome a new little one into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience specifically with leave and what that journey has been like. Yeah. So I actually have taken two maternity leaves in the past three years. Um, my, my sons are two and a half and 10 months. Um, so I've done this very recently and very quickly back to back. So I felt like, um, I needed to learn really quickly because my first leave, I was kind of obsessed with pressing pause and taking time and doing all the things that I quote unquote should do. And unfortunately I fell back on old habits, um, in the hospital. (laughs) The first day that my son was born, I was answering emails and taking, um, calls for my team just from my hospital bed. And it felt, um, like I was 
not relishing in that time. I felt really guilty. I felt like a bad mom. I was like, is this how I'm starting off my motherhood journey by working with my son, literally laying in my lap. And that was a really interesting pivotal moment for me. Um, looking back, I don't think I realized it as much at the time, but looking back, planning for my second leave, I was like, you know, there really is nothing wrong with that. It's just, is that what I felt like I really wanted to be doing in that moment? And so I started thinking, I need a plan. Like I need to create these boundaries for myself and create these opportunities for myself to be able to thrive during my leave. Now, as I progressed through my first leave with my first son, again, I was really, really obsessed with like not doing anything related to the business. I really wanted to not do anything, but I wasn't exactly sure what that looked like. And so it left me feeling really confused about what to do with my free time. I felt really reactive to my schedule. I felt like my son was running the show, which transparently probably feels that way for a lot of moms and frequently did in my second leave too. But I felt like I was constantly reacting. I felt like I was pretty much just a slave to whatever it was my son decided to do for the day. And I didn't have very much intentionality on how I was serving my business or how I was serving my personal, you know, excitement about life, you know, it was hard for me to work out. It was hard for me to eat right. And so I felt like without that plan, I was kind of just floundering. And so again, it took me a little while. And so my second leave, we had the craziest experience ever. We moved, we bought a house that needed complete and utter renovation. And let me back up. We moved from Tennessee to Pennsylvania. So we did like almost a half a country move um, when I was pregnant with my second son. And I remember just needing structure so badly at that time. So I created, um, you know, a really solid way for me to plan, which uh, just bonked me over the head is exactly what I had been doing for my clients over in my regular business day to day. I was just helping me do it for myself specifically related to leave. So I went through a really solid planning process and was able to take a really good leave with my son, one that I felt really comfortable with. And I felt like I could make decisions based on what I really wanted and what I felt like was going to nourish me. Cause I love my business and I don't want to completely shut it down for 12 weeks or eight weeks or whatever the kind of standard is there. And I really wanted to be able to interact in a really productive way with my business to be able to contribute um, to it while I was out. Yeah. I think, you know, that's something that a lot of us probably think about you know, are running a business or having a business or, you know, working in some capacity. And then we get pregnant and we're like, how are we going to maintain this while also taking that time to bond with baby, stay with baby, you know, be able to do the things that you want to do or you feel maybe pressured to do. Mm -hmm. And so being able to distinguish between those things and really get clear on what you want and how you want it to be structured can be very overwhelming, but very beneficial. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, like you were doing this kind of on your own, like really just like <laughs> systemizing this and, and planning it out and, and working it out. Like, were you kind of like, how is this not out there? Like, how do more people do this? Like, what are other people doing? Like, what have you found along your course to really make the most of it all? Yeah, I think honestly, when I was pregnant with my first son, I remember looking for um, entrepreneur maternity leave information. 
And I remember thinking to myself, like, this has to be easier, but there is nothing really out there. And I think in terms of like the, the planning and all of that stuff, right. You can surely take a look at, you know, how to care for baby, how to care for you. There's lots of stuff there, you know, to nourish the mom as the individual, right. But I think nourishing the mom as the business owner, um, a lot is made to feel guilty, at least in my experience, right? Like you're supposed to take this Parisian maternity leave and like be with your baby and like La Leche League will make you feel like you need to just have your boobs out 24 seven and like you have to exclusively breastfeed for a year. And I felt like while the information that I was getting on specific subjects related to caring for my son was great. It was a lot of evangelical, well, you should do it this way, or you should do it that way. And I found it really challenging to access what I felt like was important for me and just really building my baby and this growing piece of my family into the life I already had versus just like turning my life upside down as it was currently (laughs) to really just like, you know, completely just blow things up and then have this brand new baby. And so that was where I started thinking through, well, the types of women that are entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and our growing families might be in a position like me where they feel like their business is a piece of them and might actually bring them great joy and great peace through the transition journey into motherhood because you feel like there's still a part of you that's there that you can tangibly grasp. And that was very true with my second um, leave. I was like, you know, handling things that I was really excited about in the business and creating content and creating connections and creating wins for my clients. And I wasn't bogged down in some of the administrative load that was happening in my business that would at times transparently frustrate me and was a little bit challenging. And so what I did was I made a lot of systems and processes around some of those things. I set up automations and I empowered my team and I created some central location for folks to feel really comfortable taking some of that stuff off my plate. And The really interesting thing kind of through that was that I found that ultimately our business ended up growing through my leave versus not growing, which I know is so uncommon for a lot of mompreneurs, right? They're like, I need to save up enough money to be able to take this leave because I know I'm not going to make any money. I'm the one serving clients. I'm the one doing all the sales calls and all of those things. And so it was actually a really interesting lesson for me that as my company grows beyond me, I need to be way less involved. And that's true in business and also true like when you have a kid, right? A lot of people say my business is my baby, but like, where's the, my business is my capable adolescent and my business is my thriving adult. Like, why don't we say those things? (laughs) That's so interesting to look at it that way. And so what if like, we don't have a large team. Like what, like what about in those scenarios? Like maybe we are the person that is going out and serving our clients directly. Mm -hmm. How can we kind of work around that? Yeah. Great question. And I have a couple of things that I usually empower my moms with. So first and foremost, if you have a team, cherish them, hug them tight, If they're super, super good at what they do, they are worth their weight in gold. Team is absolutely probably, I mean, it's the most expensive thing in the line item in your business for sure, but it's also the most undervalued in terms of appreciation, I feel like. So go appreciate your team. Um, If you don't have a team, um, there are a couple of things you can do. First is I'm a huge fan of automating things, especially administrative tasks, right? If you find yourself doing data entry or updating your projects manually and all of those things, there is an amazing tool called Zapier. It's super intuitive and it basically just makes two pieces of tech talk that didn't used to talk and it can save you 
a lot of time. We get Zapier reports every single week from my team, hundreds of hours, hundreds of hours of time saved. And so that's going to be a best friend of yours. Second thing is if you definitely need hands-on projects, right? What we want to do is we want to try to enlist help in the easiest way possible, which is to get, again, that administrative load off of your plate, right? We want to try to optimize for getting some of those things done and centralizing standard operating procedures, and then just asking perhaps for part-time help. Start thinking through maybe how you can enlist the help of a contractor on Upwork or a friend or a family member who you know could probably handle some things in your absence. I absolutely recommend having somebody who can even just be with the baby. So even on the person personal side, if there are some things that you absolutely need to tackle for your business, pull somebody in and be honest and open with them, whether it's your partner or anybody that you have in your support system who could perhaps chunk out an hour or two for a couple days a week to just be with your baby. And maybe you can go and like take a shower and feel like you and you know, hammer out a couple emails and do a couple of things that you know you need to do. And I think even just having that space and being able to ask for help in that way, because you know, it's directly correlated to something that you're super passionate about, i.e. <laughs> running your business. I think it's really, really helpful to um, have that kind of on, you know, on the back burner to be able to lean on when you're looking to work on things on leap. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much there. Um, I, I think like a couple of things that come to mind with everything that you just said is one, you know, like how do we get to a point of feeling comfortable to ask for help in those ways when maybe traditionally you were the one in that role or doing those things, like being able to offset and and feel comfortable doing those things, knowing that maybe you're then going to step back into them when you come back. Yeah, totally. I think so as a business owner, and I'm going to maybe get up 15,000 feet and then I'll drill down. So <laughs> your brand is you, right? When you begin, anyone who does physical services or you know digital services or creates a product, any of those things, right? They do it because they have a skill or something that they want to bring to market. And then all of a sudden they end up running a business if they do really well. And so my opinion, and one of the reasons why I founded Operations Agency way back in the day is because a lot of people who get really great results is because they're trades people. People, like, right, they have a really solid trade and they're not business owners, they're not business runners, they're not project managers, they're not all those things, right? And so, my hope in this case is that what we can do is practice our craft, right? And do the things that really light us up and then allow for the team to be able to step in. One of the biggest things that I hope to in the journey of helping folks master their maternity leave. I want to change the viewpoint on leave being a setback because really it's an opportunity, right? You have a position where you can kind of step out on a quote unquote sabbatical or be really intentional about removing yourself from the business, see what breaks, see what ends up, you know, getting kind of funky and also see who you can enlist, who can actually do things better than you can do them. 
And that's all on the business side. There is absolutely no one I've spoken with who has a successful business who says that systems ruined their business or that they regretted, you know, scaling a team to do a lot of the things that, you know, they didn't want to do or didn't feel like came really naturally to them. So I think that as a business owner, it is really mentally challenging to separate ourselves from our brand. But the earlier we can standardize some of the ways that we operate and get that into the hands of some team members, the easier it'll be overall for you to just ascend in the business as well, right into those director level and C-suite level seats in the business. And traditionally speaking, um, I've seen delegation go really wrong in business and in life. So we'll talk about the mom stuff in a second, but in business and in life, theoretically, I've seen this go poorly when we decide to delegate something, but then do not craft a new job description that's more meaningful for ourselves. Meaning if I delegate cleaning my house, I'm saying that I'm now going to take this time and give it back to Allison and I'm going to take this time and give it to somebody else. Now, what am I doing with that time? We forget that piece. We forget to redefine what impact we're going to use that new time for. And that's where I find people falling back on old habits. They get back into their project management tool. They jump back in and do the house cleaning or they're like, oh, uh, I'm going to save this money or whatever it's going to be. And they start doubting why they even offloaded it in the first place. And so if we can sequentially delegate something and then re-describe in our life what we're going to use that new time for and what our new job description is, then we are bought into the fact that the time that we are spending away from our kids or away from our business is actually going to help us propel forward versus falling back on some of those things that we really wanted to get off our plates. And the same is true with motherhood, right? We're in a position where we might need to have somebody help us with walks or feedings or, you know, hanging out during nap time and doing all the things right around the house. And really what we need to just enlist in is I'm going to go help somebody instead, right? I'm going to be with my baby later, but right now I'm going to ask my neighbor to come over and hang out with my kiddos so that I can do the super cool podcast interview view and try to help a mom who might be struggling through something like this. And so I really think that the more we can stay in the impactful lane of our work and do things that really energize us, the more we are actually willing to part with our children and not in a negative way, right? Because I'm never, I'm not going to never see my kids again because I love doing podcast interviews so much, but the time I spend away from them, I'm energized leaving. So my kids don't see me leaving and being like, oh, I have to go to work or I have to do this, right? And then when I come back to them, I'm super excited to see them and energized because I'm doing something that I love. And so mm -hmm. they see my interaction with work and, you know, in and out through life that way. And so it's really, really fun, I think, to think through that and what could be possible for you at home too. Hey mamas, just wanted to take a second to talk about postpartum university. Some of you are already familiar with them, but specifically for this episode, I wanted to mention it because if you're struggling with meal planning or prepping or looking for help in this specific area, they offer a six week nutrient dense meal plan with recipes, herbs, supplements, and so much more. It is designed specifically for the unique digestive needs of mothers with an emphasis on replenishing and absorbing nutrients so that you can experience less brain fog, more energy, and hormone balance faster and with ease. So I will leave a link in the show notes for you to check that out. And let's get back to the episode. 
Wow. I think, yeah, it's such a good way of putting it. And I think that's so true because if we are, you know, taking this time away from our children, we should be replacing it with things that are bringing us joy and something that's, you know, feeling purposeful and and fulfilled. Because if we are kind of like, like I have to like, you know, go to this thing and leave you and like, you know, it's, it's no fun for anybody. And then like Mm -hmm. for them to see that and, and to be around that. So I think, you know, finding that purpose and passion in what you do is, is a lot of it. So another, another thing that popped up with, with everything here is when do we start planning and (laughs) how long does the planning process take? And when is a typical leave how much are we completely you know detaching from work and then and then going back and i'm sure it's you know different for everybody but in general what's i guess a good outline of expected time yeah good question so you're right um you hit the nail on the head that it does look different for everyone and just like there are infinite ways to raise and grow a family. Um, there are infinite ways to take leave, right? You have to just kind of craft the leave that's right for you and not feel guilty about that. Um, but we have advised um, our community of mompreneurs and businesses with expecting moms to try for at least a three-month process. Um, and I think that the reason um, this is important is because Typically, when we take a look at planning our um, our goals and we are kind of operating in our business, um, I like to look at things in quarterly chunks. And so if we can be in a position to take a look at a quarter's worth of time and have prep going through that phase, um, we can kind of catch a lot of the things that might be on mom's plate that we might want to get off or some things that we might need to streamline um, from a policy perspective. If you're running a small business and you have an expecting employee, um, we can get all the proper paperwork by and all the fun, sexy stuff that goes along with getting state benefits and federal benefits and all that stuff. So for the most part, I would say about three months. Now, the caveat I will um, say there is that just like with anything, the longer you have to plan, the more efficient you will likely be at doing that Mm -hmm. thing because you'll just have an amount of time that feels not rushed and you don't have to be scrambling, um, you know, kind of going all crazy. So my opinion too is like, when you're family planning, especially for entrepreneurs, especially for entrepreneurs, um, we were family planning for years transparently. And I remember being like, okay, maybe this might not ever happen. Not totally sure. And so I missed the, like when I, when we got pregnant, I was kind of in the, let's just put this on hold for a second. And then we need to return and see if, you know, maybe we need to go do some fertility stuff. When we got pregnant, I kind of was in that position of, it was kind of a surprise, um, which is really interesting because we planned for so long. Um, And I was kind of reacting so excitedly to the point that I was like, not really preparing. (laughs) I was like preparing my home and like reading all the books and doing all the things. And so I didn't actually start thinking through, and thankfully I have a really solid capable team, but we didn't start thinking through my maternity leave plan until about eight weeks before. And I felt very rushed, especially because the last eight weeks, you're like, 
I mean, listen, you definitely have some energy. At least I did at the time and it was summer. So it was nice out. But then like the last four weeks, I was kind of just like, I want to hang out and eat popsicles on my deck. Like I don't really want to <laughs> do much else. And I didn't know I was going to feel like that because it was my first and that whole thing. So when I was going through my second one, I was like, okay, I'm going to plan six months in advance. We're going to let the team take over the last two months. And then I can just come in and be like, Hey guys, no, I would have done it this way, or let's have a meeting and maybe we can kind of flesh this out together. And that was super helpful because it raised my confidence level fairly significantly in not only my team, but also my process and my contribution to how that needed to go. Right. I was like, Oh, cool. I'm really in the manager seat. I'm not in the doer seat right now. I'm just going to be able to like, see this from afar, check in with my team. Another really important thing that I did that I feel like every mom should do. And we advise all of our moms to do this is create like the back line, like the one person who can contact you, but then everything else kind mm. of goes away. Because I think like, as you start to open up your schedule and maybe start answering some emails or however that's going to go. I had one person on my team, Lauren, she's a godsend. She absolutely was the only person who could contact me. And what I would do in order to kind of keep the barriers from my inbox is I would go through some of my things and be like, Hey, Lauren, could you respond to X person and say this specifically? Hey, Allie's out on leave, but I did talk to her and this is what she has to say. That way that barrier was never pierced, right? Like we, we still had that up just in case somebody was like trying to get a hold of me for whatever reason. And I was like nursing my son, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to set up boundaries in, in general. And mm-hmm. then in, yeah. in your leave, I think that's a must because if you're not establishing those boundaries, I think it's also maybe they can't get in contact with you, but then you can't get in contact with like, you know, making sure it's going both ways because going back to, again, like, what do we do with all this time? There might Mm -hmm. be time that like you want to, let's say, go on your phone or, you know, go to a meeting or respond to an email and things like that. So setting those boundaries, not only for others, but I think being able to set those boundaries for yourself so that you're intentionally taking the time that you previously planned out to take and, and making sure you stick with that. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting because even so my first leave, I remember I was like, again, obsessed with taking time and pressing pause and being present. And I realized that although I do want some of those things, I process most in motion. Like I can't meditate or sorry, I have never been able to meditate in the past I find meditation comes to me when I'm running, like my Mm -hmm. mind clears and my heart rate is high and I'll be, you know, running down the road and it just feels very peaceful and my body is rhythmic and the whole thing is happening. And so I find that I process best in motion um, versus sitting still. That's when like all the thoughts pour in and I'm like, I should be doing this or this person said that, or let me research this one thing. And so I am a fact finder by nature and I'm constantly reading and constantly like trying to wrap my head around certain concepts. And I found that when I was just sitting on my first leave, I was totally 
postpartum anxiety, like classic case postpartum anxiety. I was worried about everything. I was making those like 2 a.m. Amazon purchases. Like what if my baby is going to spontaneously combust in the middle of the night because WebMD said that maybe that was going to happen. And so I was just like totally obsessed because I had no outlet to like pour all this other energy into like my motion, right? I couldn't find peace on this end because I wasn't moving over here. And so I realized that with my other leave. And I remember talking to my husband about this because again, postpartum anxiety was happening. I was getting angry, like lashing out. And he was like, Hey, how can we not have this happen next time? I really want to help you through this. And I was like, thanks. Like, let's explore some ways that this might happen. So like my non-negotiables on my leave, which I highly suggest that you set these up with your partner or any person in your support system is like, what are your non-negotiables on leave, right? Like for me, I have to shower and I have to eat. Those are the two things. Like if I don't shower, I feel super gross and I just don't like it, especially because you have like all those things that you have to take care of postpartum, right? You just feel like a walking wound sometimes. (laughs) And it's like really scary because especially for your first one, you're like, is this supposed to be happening? Like what's going on? Like the bleeding came back or whatever it is going to be happening there. And so really just spend some time to like slowly shower and not feel like I have to drench myself in a fire hose and then get back to my baby. Like the first couple of weeks with my son were like that. And he didn't want dad. He just wanted mom. And I would hear him crying and I'd be in the shower and I'd be all anxious. And I was like, I need to be cool with him taking the baby and just like taking 30 minutes and like taking my shower, dressing my wounds, coming out in my comfy clothes and like being good. So that was my number one non-negotiable. My number two non-negotiable was food. Absolutely. And I know it sounds very um, baseline, but I have never been in a position where I've regretted getting as much sleep as possible, drinking as much water as possible and eating nourishing whole foods. Like it's so underrated and everybody knows they should be doing it, but I absolutely make better decisions when I eat better food and when I'm full, (laughs) I'm not as quick to anger. I am absolutely happier, all those things. And so even just getting back to the fundamentals, like I need to shower and have a second and decompress and I need to have access to healthy whole foods at the drop of a hat. And so a lot of the planning that I did for my second leave with my husband was I was like, we need to have like healthy snacks, healthy meals prepared. Cause I mean, he's not sleeping either. Let's just be totally honest. Right. I think we need to give partners some snaps here because they go through it with us, but they don't get half the credit they deserve. I think. (laughs) And like, he was so supportive, made lots of meals for me. And so those are my two non-negotiables and transparently they changed the way my second leave went down. Um, so as intentional as well as you can be about some of those non-negotiables on the personal side, treat them as if you have meetings, like really though, Treat them as if like, hey, listen, I mean, you don't have to schedule them in. It's not at 9.05 or 9.15. You're going to go upstairs and take your shower. But sometime mid-morning, honey, could you take the baby, please, so that I could go have my 30 minutes to just like get centered and clean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's huge just in general with any motherhood journey, you know, Mm -hmm. and to be able to have that awareness to know what your non-negotiables are and Mm -hmm. what you need to get out of that really like funk, like survival mode, like Mm -hmm. really just kind of like kick, kick yourself into a new perspective of like, okay, I'm ready to show up in this role. And, and knowing what those things are, even as basic, like you said, like as they could be like, 
they could be one thing like just I need to shower. I need to shower like every day or I need to sit in the tub, you know, whatever that is and knowing what it is for yourself because you can read, you know, all the self-help books. You can listen to this. You can be like, oh, okay, all I need to do is shower, but that might not be your thing. So I totally. think being able to really sit with yourself and say like, what is my thing? Like, what do I need in order to feel semi myself or just human, you know, like what needs to happen. And, and I think sometimes that takes a lot. If you've never gone through that process, mm-hmm. if you've never asked yourself, like, what do I need? What do I want? Like, you know, we kind of get instructed on, Oh, baby needs this baby needs that. And like, you don't know something like when you're going through, uh, maybe like a day to day and, and you're never really caring for yourself. And now you're in this situation where like, you need to care for yourself in order to show mm-hmm. up. You can't, you know, just go crash and lay on the couch for hours because like, you're just so overwhelmed and exhausted. Like, it's like, we need to really push and say like, what is it that I need in order to show up in this moment right now? And so, totally. I, you know, I give you credit for being able to, even with your first, like, say, like, how can we make this better? Like, what is going on here? Like, what do I need? And having that awareness is is something that I think a lot of us might not even realize that we need. Yeah, I think it's hard too because you might not arrive at it first. And like with my first son, I was just going into it blind. I had no idea what was going to be important. And I started like resenting my husband because he was like able to detach and like go work out and go take a shower. And he wasn't recovering. So he didn't have to like watch walking up the stairs or like doing any of those crazy things they tell you not to do. And like, to me, I started paying attention to those things. I was like, I shouldn't resent him for going to work out because that's great. Like he should be working out. Like he should be moving his body just like I should be moving my body. And I shouldn't resent him for going and taking a shower. And so I started to notice some of those things. And it's so interesting being like, I know this is super irrational, but like, I need to change this behavior. And so like, how? And so I remember like talking with him quite a bit. And I mean, my, my husband's so supportive. I think that also admitting out loud, like, I don't know what I want. Like, I remember him being like, you have an hour, go do whatever you want. Like, go do anything. And I was like, I don't even know what to do. Don't even know. And I said that out loud to him. And he was like, why don't you just go start by taking a shower? Like, why don't you just do that? And it was super transformative for me because I was like, okay, like, even if I have this minute to take a shower, it's just me by myself so that I can download the thoughts that I have and like internalize things. I'm like a huge processor. And that was really helpful for me to just at least be like, I don't know what I need, but could I just have 30 minutes? Could I just have an hour? And that's it. And I just need to think about stuff. And then I would usually come back with a little bit more full of a tank, right? A little bit more patience for my son and also a little bit more um, clarity to be able to communicate to my husband and like what exactly I needed and how things were working. So I think the same is true in our business when we're in a position where we we don't exactly know what's going to work. We just need to raise our hand and be like, I need help here. I don't know what to do. And so if you have any suggestions, I would love to hear those. And so as you're starting to plan through this, and as you're starting to really take an inventory of like who you have on your bench, like who is your support system, think through your partner, think through your other support um, folks in your personal life, your neighbors, your friends, your family, 
also think through your team, think through the champions that you've had in coaching, think through the champions you've had in partnerships or colleagues that you've had, even past positions where you've held friends and colleagues and things. Maybe they had somebody on their team who just recently taken leave, or maybe they have somebody in their business who had taken leave, or maybe you have another mompreneur friend who has done this in the past or helped an employee do this in the past. It's incredible when you start to ask for a very specific help in your network, how many people are willing to come in and meet with you and help you. Um, so I think that even just admitting like, Hey, listen, I don't know what this is going to look like. Has anybody ever taken leave? Just pull your community and be like, Hey, look, would love to see how this might've worked for some of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's so, so true, (laughs) but yeah, I think, you know, circling back around to, you know, taking that leave, like, what would you say, maybe are the top three things that you want to include in that plan and then walk us through kind of how specifically if we were working with you, what that would look like. Yeah, totally. So the top three things I would include in that plan is the timeline. So what does that look like for you? What do you really want to do? Uh, The communication plan and the budget, right? Because not for nothing, we live in the 21st century and we need to be able to fund our own leave too as mompreneurs. So those three big things are going to be kind of the pillars of your leave, right? And we want to make sure that it's centralized in a way that folks can access that um, on our team and uh, the key people in our life as well, right? Because for example, like my husband needs to understand when I'm taking leave from the business so that he can be available to take care of some of the other stuff that are, you know, are on our plate and whatnot. Um, So super, super important there. Additionally, one of the biggest things that I do uh, when I work with folks uh, through this process one-on-one is I take them through my four-phase framework. And so what that looks like at a high level is uh, first and foremost, we identify um, the plan itself. So we'll make the, the key plan. We'll take a look at what team members need to have which roles, uh, you know, basically in the plan. And we'll identify as well what tasks or what things currently live on mom's plate that need to be redistributed. Um, from there, we go into the auditing phase. So we'll take a look at, all right, cool. We've got all these tasks that we're ready to get off of mom's plate so that she can take the leave that she's outlined. Do we have things that can even help people through that process? Is somebody trained enough to do that? Is somebody centralized, uh, you know, in a project management tool to be able to kind of check the boxes to go through this? Do we have processes and procedures in place to be able to teach or show somebody how to go through this thing? And so we'll take a look at what the business has um, and centralize some of those assets for them. The next phase is the creation phase. So we roll our sleeves up and we uh, get our hands dirty. Um, I have a full service operations business, but behind me. And so a lot of times what we do with our clients is we help create that clarity for them. We're like, cool, we'll write your procedures and we'll centralize your project management and we'll make your team training with you. And it's really, really helpful to kind of just see this again. It's a great scaling opportunity for a business. And so that's one of the reasons why I think we can kind of shift that, that position on leave as, you know, a a drawback versus you know, an opportunity because a lot of businesses go through this when they hit a glass ceiling and you don't have to do that. You just get to go through it, welcoming your new child. And so what a cool opportunity to be able to transform your personal life while you're also transforming your business into this thing that can operate without you, which is so excellent. Um, And then fourth and finally is the optimization phase. So we'll do what I did in my second leave is roll the plan out for an amount of time, depending on what the schedule looks like for each mom and 
each business that we work with, we'll roll things out and we'll say, all right, let's pass the baton over to the team and see how they do with it. Let's address their questions. Let's take a look at key performance indicators and make sure that things are all good to go. Um, and then mom can feel super duper comfortable going out on leave, whether she is a mompreneur, right? And leaving things in capable hands with team members, or if she's a mom on a team in a business who may just have felt guilty before, but now she knows that the team members are all comfortable with their workload. The manager is exactly understanding what's expected and all of those things. And she can go out and have a really nice leave. Yeah. I love it. You make it sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Surely it's like Russian. I, I say this all the time. But like operations creation, it's like Russian nesting dolls. Uh, so you like pop something open and then there's like a smaller thing inside and you just kind of keep going. It's like seemingly endless. But I think if we can stay at a high level and, and say, okay, these are the things that absolutely make the business run that we need to transfer knowledge over to somebody else and create like a centralized Google for our business, meaning somebody can come and be like, how do I send an invoice to a client? They get an answer. They get a checklist. That is frictionless. That's a way that you can grow something outside of yourself. And in any capacity where you're running a business, uh, you know, it's really, really, really valuable to create some of the structure behind the scenes. Because even when we start talking about acquisition, which I've planned and prepped so many businesses for acquisition, the second most valuable thing that folks look at besides cash flow is operations. They want to know that if somebody else takes over at the helm of the business, that they can lead a team to delivering the things that need to be delivered. And that's pretty much um, what we're doing here is we're just making sure that you have an asset that can function outside of you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So how can we find you? How can we get in contact with you, reach you? Where are you at? Where do you hang out? What's all everywhere, (laughs) everywhere. Now, mostly at home, transparently. Um, I love hanging out at home, but on the webs and all the places to find some really valuable content. I'm at mastermaternityleave.com. There's a free checklist there. If you want to snag it and start to plan your leave, if you're an expecting mom listening to the show, um, I am on Instagram, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Um, you can always follow me, Allison Caffrey. Um, and other than that, yeah, again, super accessible for the most part on the webs, but mostly, uh, homebody. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, you know, for anybody that really enjoyed this conversation is like, I want to know more. I will put all of that in the show notes and make sure that they can get in contact with you. I feel super pumped up and, and really kind of like, you know, why didn't it, I have this, but (laughs) honestly, you're not the first person to say, but they always say it's never too late to begin something. So I think all the moms um, that I could have helped in the past, hopefully will be champions for future moms that I can help through this process. I think it's so important, you know, the work that you're doing and to really have somebody to guide them through that journey of being able to set this system up. And like you said, like it can be something that will be utilized even outside of maternity leave to, mm-hmm. you know, offset tasks or or set up a system. Um, so there's just, there's so much there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited. I um, really feel like this is going to be my life's most impactful work. I'm excited. I mean, other than being a mom, probably, but this is very exciting to me. Do you have anything else that you want to add with, you know, your business and maternity leave or even outside of that, just motherhood in general, you know, giving some words of wisdom to other mothers 
Um, I've learned being a mom, um, for the very short time that I have been a mom is that, um, intuition is very, very, uh, frequently overlooked and whatever it is that you believe, um, and whatever you want to call it, it's there. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that it's there and follow it, uh, make sure that you're true to it and know that, um, life gives you opportunities, um, to go through hard times because, life, intuition, spiritual world, whatever it is for you, um, wants to make sure that you're ready for all the gifts on the other side. Um, so try to think about some of the challenges that you're moving through in that way is that you're just being primed for the next best level, the next gift that's ahead, um, and follow your intuition through that, follow the path. Um, and you'll be a wonderful mama probably already are. <laughs> you just don't know it yet. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's such a good way to end it. So thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, coming and sharing your knowledge and, and being here. Thank you so much, Sarah. I had a blast. I appreciate you having me. Thank you mamas so much for listening. Remember you are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's do this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hit that subscribe button, share this episode with a friend, message me, email me, call me, beat me. You know how to reach me. We're doing this mamas. I am so excited to catch you here next week. This is your one-stop go-to place for helping you find the resources you need to make the best choices for you and your family during pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, postpartum. See you later, mamas.